The Theonauts, episode 74. The one where we talk about the book that Chumbawamba based that song off of. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo deliverers out there. I'm David Gaddy. And I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the Theonauts. Yeah, is oh so mine's hot. Let me, yeah, how about that? Hey, that's I'll just better. move it away. That might be better. Yeah. Did you, did you get my Chumbawamba reference at all? <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up again. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's genius. You guys will understand what we're talking about later. So, how are you doing there, dude? I'm doing really good. How's it going? Awesome, man. Awesome. Man, we are so. Uh, Stressed and everything else right now, trying to get all our stuff together. But it's a good stress. You yes. know what it means. Yes. And man, like, we're carrying so much stuff on this trip this time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How, I mean, many, how many bags do you reckon you're taking? Uh, 12, 13, 14, something like that. Daggum. Yeah, it's huge. That's an astronomical number for a trip like this. Yes. So I hope uh, hope John gets us a bus when we get there. <laughs> I hope he does too, and I hope it doesn't break up halfway down the hill. Right, right. right. <laughs> that was a fun experience. So, anyways, yeah, um, for the is. folks who don't know, again, we're talking about this trip to Haiti that David's going on uh, starting tomorrow. So be in prayer for him mm-hmm. um, tomorrow at noon, and prayer for him and his whole crew as they head out to uh, do the work of the Father in Haiti. Uh, take care of kids, uh, teach them about Jesus. Maybe learn a little bit, bit about Jesus from them, right? And uh, that's and that's always the big thing for me. Yeah, I mean, I, we we get as much out of it as anybody we're ministering to. That's right. I mean, it's it's it, it's good to bring people like um, we're bringing a couple that kids that have not ever been on mission trips before, and I'm just so it's so cool to watch it through their eyes. Yeah, it's going to be eye opening. So that's awesome. And we, when we were having our our um, you know prayer beforehand, yeah, you know we were, we were all talking about past trips, and I could just kind of see the worry <laughs> in her eyes, <laughs> kind of like, oh no, what did I get myself yeah. into? <laughs> but well, what do you mean about if it's yellow, let it mellow? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's, those are rules for the bathroom. Yeah. If it's brown, flush, flush it, it down. down. That's right. Oh, good old times in Haiti. So. Yeah, whenever you don't have access to, you know, a lot of running water, you don't have public facilities That's like right. that. That's right. That's right. So, are you all right? Did you get all adjusted there? Or, I'm still you? trying to. I'm watching the meter, the levels here. Man, I tell you what, I just, I'm just not a sound engineer. <laughs> You know what? That's all right. That's all right. And it's like it's like we get it all adjusted, and I think it's all right. And then we start recording again, and it's like, what? Why are we all hot all it's, of a sudden? It's the ghost in the system. I guess so. Is. So, but, anyways. Okay, I think we're good right now. Are we? So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. 
<coughs> so uh, let's see what else we need to talk about the the uh, prayer website. Is yes, going great. Still anonymous. It's going pretty good. Yeah, we we're getting more subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting some more prayer requests on there, and uh, we definitely need you guys to continue to to make use of it. We right. added a new feature this past yes. week, yes, which is praise reports. That's right. So the concept behind that being. Uh, if you do, you know, we mentioned, like, if you don't want to provide a real email address, you can provide a fake one just so that right. nobody, including us, knows who this person is. Right. But the downside of that is you're not getting the emails telling you people have prayed for you, and you don't get the email with a, there's a special link in the email whenever you put a prayer request in right. that will take you to your prayer, and you can adjust it. You can, yeah. like, you can say, you can close it out, say this prayer was answered, and you can leave Praise reports. Yeah. So in other words, if you want to shout some praise to God for answering the prayer or thank the people that uh, have been praying for you, you can do that right there. And uh, whenever you uh, then submit that that praise report, it'll show up on our praise report page. Yeah. So now we, we have a way to create prayers, pray for people, and then measure results and see them yeah which is is always been uh, a cool thing to to do i've done it before where you you like keep a um uh, a journal like a prayer journal yeah and keep track of when god answers those prayers right because then in those in those night seasons you know whenever it's when you're having a hard time seeing his hands seeing it you yeah. can you can look back and see that he's carried you that's and, right and that sort of thing so man that's good that's good so yeah hop on uh hop on that website it's prayer.theonotpodcast.com um and uh, you know submit a prayer request pray for uh the prayer request there and also um view the praise reports and give glory to god for the praises it's a great thing so uh um yeah we and we've got a lot of um we got a, th- a a lot of interesting things on the horizon. Right. Uh, don't want to really uh, go into a lot of detail on that until we get it rolling. But right. um, but anyway, um, yeah, keep us in your prayers because we're, we're working on a lot of things. We're hoping to see uh, GCT Network grow and some some local growth and right. and all kinds of stuff. So um, and stay tuned, and uh, we'll we'll keep everybody. <laughs> informed on right. on what's going on from there. It's an exciting time. God's really at work in in both of our lives for David and I. And so we do covet your prayers and uh Yep, very much. Can't wait to see what, what God's gonna do. Yeah. So anyway. So we've decided to just jump right into the study. Yeah, switch up the format a little so, bit. So yeah, let's, let's do, it. do it. So the book of Judges. The book of Judges. Right. Well, maybe not necessarily the entire book of Judges. No. The Judges. Yeah. What we want to do themselves is yeah, we started doing a types of Christ thing and uh, we've been doing that for well, we got about 8 I guess in that series, right. 7 or 8 that we've right. done. And uh, we were trying to figure out what's going to be our next type of Christ to cover. Sure. And several of the judges started coming up. Yeah. And then we were like, wow, man, this is so, the judges are so 
obviously types of Christ sure. as you go through them. Sure. Why don't we just go through them? Right. So we're going to try and do that as kind of a, an extension of that. Exactly. Of so that it's series. it's it's types and shadows sub. <laughs> sub extension judges yeah. and the judges not just the book of judges um, but you have to understand a little bit about the background of the book of Georges in order to understand who the judges were because uh, some of you Georges Georges yeah. some of you who may not have read the book of judges before um, are picturing these guys in, in black robes with gavels and white <laughs> wigs right who are who are standing there in judgment yes. and so when we say it's a type of Christ we're like oh no don't you know don't think that Jesus is standing there with a black robe, <laughs> right. and, ready to take that gavel down on you. Yeah, ready to do that. Um, we need to understand what, who these judges were, what they did. So, just a little bit of a historical information. That's what I'm going to do. Then we're going to jump into uh, the first one, uh, uh, Othniel. I yes. can never say his name right. Othello. There's probably Othniel. several ways to say it. oatmeal. Oatmeal. There's that's the best one. I like that because it's food. But. Um, <laughs> Understanding a bit about the book of Judges, written by Samuel, uh, the prophet Samuel. A lot of people attribute it to Samuel anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was probably written during the time of the early kings, uh, actually. Just prior to the kings. Just prior to the kings, probably about the time of Saul, the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it might have been, I was reading a little bit earlier, it might have been actually a report to Saul, which is kind of interesting. That is interesting. Like that's That's a great little... Thought. So, just just a little quick blurb about Judges. Uh, there's a huge thematic er, uh, element throughout the book of Judges. Basically, here's what it is. Uh, the people of Israel, right after uh, Joshua, uh, Joshua's old man, mm-hmm. and the people of Israel have just come into the promised land, and they've divided up the territory. Things are settling down. Things are settling down. They've, they've had a lot of their battles, and they've had a lot of success, uh, but there are still other... The land's been divided. Yeah, the land's been divided up between the 12 tribes, but mm-hmm. there's still other nations in the land. Yeah. Okay? And so now they're starting to settle and weed out those nations. Um, and the borders keep shifting a little bit yeah. between some of the neighboring nations and Exactly. Israel. So there's this, this unrest, this kind of civil unrest mm-hmm. that's going around. Joshua dies, but right before Joshua dies... In Judges chapter 2, we have this angel of the Lord appear, um, (laughs) which is pretty interesting. And I'm just going to read this real quick. The angel of the Lord at Bochum. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I brought you out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? And I have also said, I will not drive them out before you. You will, uh, They will become traps for you, and their gods will become snares for you. When the angel of the Lord had spoken these things and all, to all the Israelites, the people wept aloud. They called that place Bochum, which actually means wailing. Um, and there they offered sacrifices to the Lord. Okay? So... We have a couple things that uh, need to be acknowledged. Number one, there are still other nations in the land. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, God is going to use them <laughs> to uh, <laughs> for his purposes with the people of Israel, um, which does sound kind of malevolent whenever yeah. you think about it. Um, and number three, God is going to uphold his covenant. 
with them mm-hmm. throughout all of it. Okay, so you got to realize those things. So Joshua dies, and then the very first. Then the fun starts. Then the fun starts. If yeah. you look at uh, verse ten of chapter two, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what He had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just like he predicted in Numbers, um, <laughs> and served the Baals. Um, they started doing polytheism, which is... Yes. Um, which Baal was the greater god of the Canaanite people. Right. Uh, he, he was the, um, the, 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 the mightiest god. Right, as, as foreseen. And because there were so many little offshoots of Baalism... Uh, there was like uh, Baal Hebron and Baal whatever <laughs> that, you know, it's kind of like denominations. Right. <laughs> of the Baals. Yeah, there's multiple denominations. Yeah. And so. Way uh, over here just worshiped this one, real yeah, Baal. This one sacrificed uh, children and this one over here thought, no, that's uh, heretical. You can't right. do that. No. Yeah, yeah. We're one cup <laughs> children. <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so the, when it says it uses this plural Bales. Yeah, it's just referring to the different um, the different religions around Baal. Right. And basically, what what happened is they forgot they forgot the worship of of God, mm-hmm. and they started doing the worship of the land. You know, they got in the culture and they started doing the cultural thing, right? Um, and worshiping their gods for the seasons and all this stuff. And it was really a, a catch twenty two. Okay, so. These guys are telling us that if we worship this god, then our crops are going to grow twice as fast. If we worship this god, then this is going to happen for us and all this. And so, you know, they got into it. Um, they forsook, forsook the Lord, uh, the god of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods. The people around them, they aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served the Baal of the Asheroths. Mm-hmm. In his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of raiders and plundered them. He sold them in the hands of their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. Okay, so over and over, uh, the judges, you have the children of the Lord getting conquered and then or the Israelites getting conquered and then ruled over by another nation mm-hmm. and then the children of the Lord crying out and going, Oh God, God, don't forget us and then God sending a judge. <laughs> right. And this judge came with the power of the Lord, conquered the nation, and then freed them for and then they had peace for as long as that judge usually lived. And then that, that happened over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So that's the backstory of Judges basically. And sometimes you're gonna see a judge and a deliverer right. happening at the same time. Oh yeah. Like two different roles. Yeah. But it's still kind of the same pattern. They were one and the, the same. They, the, they go hand in the hand. The whole book of Judges is uh from a from a physics standpoint, it's a sinusoidal wave, right? You're Ooh, up and down, up and fancy. down all the way. Yeah, it's a consistent up and down, right, all the way throughout the. They whole get knocked down and then they, they get, get up, up again. <laughs> Ain't never gonna keep them down, Chumba Wumba, man. I'm telling you, Judges three. Anyways, go ahead, man. You drink a whiskey drink? <laughs> you drink a vodka? No, maybe not. Oh, okay, <laughs> maybe not. So, anyways, <laughs> okay. So the first deliver. Okay, first off. Um, almost every time this happens, 
we're going to see a pattern. Well, almost every time this happens, you're going to see a type of Christ in the deliverer. Mm -hmm. And um, which means that the, the nation of Israel is either typified by the nation of Israel in the time of Jesus. It can also be the world itself. Uh, it can be even the church from, from right. certain standpoints. So um, in either case, what happens is sin prevails, people fall away, and then they are saved yes. through, this, through the deliverer. And so um, uh, Othniel, uh, Othniel, Othniel, whatever his name is, <laughs> is the um, is the very first one that, uh, and we get very little about him. He is the nephew of Caleb. Right. So Caleb is one of the the forerunners of of the founding fathers of the nation of Israel. Right. right. He's he's one of them that that comes in here with the uh, and helps um, liberate yeah. the land. And he's of the tribe of Judah. Yes, yes. Um, which is interesting because this is the only judge, Othniel's the only judge of the tribe of Judah. Mm, interesting. Yes, because who else is at the tribe of Judah? Jesus Christ. That's right. So let's. there's our first tie. Yeah. Othniel is in the same Line. lineage then. Right. The kingly lineage. Uh, obviously, there were no kings at this time. Right. But, um, but of that same lineage... That is is going to also produce the King of Kings. Yeah. Um, so um, we've got also uh, the name Othniel itself means the testimony ah. of God. A E L. L is is always referring to God, and so right. when you see that the of the end, so it's the testimony of God. So who's the testimony of God that we know of? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, this is pretty a straightforward yeah. type of, of thing. His name is even in an echo or a, a precursor to uh, oh, that's great. Jesus Christ himself, who was the testimony, as he said at the Last Supper, take and drink. This is the New Testament yes. in my blood. Yes. And a testament or, or a, a testament only takes place when the testam, um, testator is killed right so um so anyway um we see here that he takes back uh this is it wasn't a, a nationwide thing like it will, will be with a lot of these judges but mainly he his his goal was to take back uh kirjath sefer from this king of the kushites right now the kushites um well this this particular kushite was from what we had just talked about pre before the show was from the area that Abraham was from. Right. Ur. Of Ur and that Mesopotamia. He had that exactly. area, which is a little more it's modern day Iraq. Right. Uh, so this would be uh, this is this is also a precursor to the Babylonians. Yeah. The Bab Babylon ha didn't exist yet, but Babylon came out of that plain of Shinar, yeah. which is in Mesopotamia. Which is the same rough area. He was an OG Babylonian. He was an original gangster. I mean, he was back before Babylon. And the, uh, he was Babylonian when Babylonian wasn't cool. Exactly. Um, and the, the official name of his his kingdom, I guess, they called it Aram Naharim, and that's what's in scripture. Aram Naharim. Aram Naharim. 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 <laughs> I'm sure that's how it was pronounced. Sure, we have no idea. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, once again, liberating this is is liberating the people from uh, this rule would be uh, very much akin to being liberated from sin, being liberated from um, the oppressive uh, control of Satan. Right. Um, so once again, it's just a, a simple. It's a simple model for deliverance. Yeah. The name of uh, Cushem uh, Rashathium, uh, his name actually meant the, the twice evil Cushite, right? So we have this idea that he was evil, okay? Um, they were subject to him for eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bad, bad time for Israel at, at the time. Um, and Caleb was still alive, by the way, during this. Mm-hmm. Um it's really interesting to me. Here's another type. I'm just going to throw this out there. It is kind of a stretch, but it's it's kind of funny, I think. He did it for a chick. Right? <laughs> uh, Othniel, uh, he, he went and saved Israel for uh, the hand of Caleb's daughter. Okay? So, actually, it was... My it, cousin. It would have been his first cousin, right? Um, We're kissing cousins. <laughs> if you look in chapter 1... Chapter 3 is a reiteration of chapter 1. It's almost like in chapter 1 of Judges, they're like, uh, they had this happen. And then chapter 2, they explain why it happened. And then chapter 3, they go back and they're like, okay, to continue with the narrative, this is what happened. Uh, But in chapter 1, if you look uh, (laughs) right after the hilarious passage about Adonai Bezek, uh, (laughs) uh, who gets his thumbs and, and... (laughs) <laughs> and his big toes cut yeah, off. Yeah. Go check that out. It's pretty funny. <laughs> not going to make any more comment on that. But anyways, Caleb said, verse 12, I will give my daughter Axa in marriage to the man who attacks and captures uh, Kirath Sephir. Um, and Othniel, son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Axa to him in marriage. So the reason I say it's another type of Christ is he did it for a chick. So, who's who's Christ's chick? That would be us. Yes, <laughs> the bride of Christ, right? Yes. That's just something for free. I don't know how how well cool he re- that works. He re- he redeemed her. Yes. obviously he saved her life through this. Exactly. So, yeah, very much the same. Yeah. Um, to uh, one more thing before we move on, because there's not a lot in this particular model, but it no. is, but it is still a model nonetheless. Is this twice Cushite guy? Yeah. Um, Cushites, they come from Cush, yeah. who was one of the sons of Canaan. Is that correct? One of one of um, um, Ham's yes, Ham descendants. Sons. That's and right. uh, so anyway, uh, Cush is the area of Ethiopia, and the word Cush actually means burnt or like huh. scorched. And the reason why is because its inhabitants were primarily black people. Right. And so this is nothing racial in but to be scorched or there's a dark uh, there's a darkness implied in the name. Right. Okay. So if we're talking about twice dark besides being the color of their skin, this could be a reference to his character. Yeah. He is twice dark. dark. And so there is also uh, a darkness light type of model. That can be drawn. Sure, from that. that's good. Um, now, uh, before uh, we, we want to cover two of these deliverers. Well, hold on. Let's let's look at verse ten of chapter three real quick. All right, to, roll on it. 
Um, the spirit of the Lord came on him. Okay. So that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rashathium, uh, king of Aram, into his hands mm. of Othniel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of uh, Canaz, died. This phrase, uh, the spirit of the Lord, um, this is a rare phrase in the Old Testament, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's used whenever the actual Holy Spirit comes upon somebody. Now, in the New Testament, when that happens after you accept Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spirit is poured out on you. The the Lord is with you. Um, and th- in the Old Testament, it's used whenever there is either a deliverer, okay, um, which is a judge, or it's used uh, the actual angel of the Lord comes down, and this is that's Christ Himself. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I believe that's Christ Himself, anyways. Yeah. Um, in theology, that's referred to as a theophany. Yeah, theophany. Yeah. Um, uh, but the Spirit of the Lord is really important here as a Christ type because uh, he he actually brings the Holy Spirit upon earth mm-hmm. um, to protect the people. That's good. Well, and, and to even think about it in terms of this, what happened to Jesus right before his ministry? In, in Matthew 3, he was baptized, and it says in verse 16, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, yeah. and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Right. So, once again, very similar to what we just read about Othniel. Right. He received the Holy Spirit and then began his ministry. Exactly. That's great. So, anyways... Uh, Go ahead. Very good. Okay, so let's talk about the second judge because it's more fun. I love this one. And, I love this story. And we've actually talked about this on the show a time oh, yeah. or two. But um, I want to read this story just simply because it, it reads... Um, <laughs> so fun. It reads so well, yeah. yeah. So um, let's. I'm going to read it in the ESB. This is coming from Judges 3, beginning verse 12. It says, And the people of Israel again did what was evil, in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He gathered to himself the Ammonites and the Amalekites and went and defeated Israel. And they took possession of the city of the Palms, which, by the way, that is the Sodom Gomorrah area. Right. So just right at the north area of, or right around the Dead Sea. And the people of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Wow. So the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up for them a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Jerah, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. (laughs) That's interesting. Yes. Keep going. The people of Israel sent tribute by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. So he's just a dignitary. He's right. being sent in here to give tribute to Eglon. <laughs> and Ehud made for himself a sword with two edges, a cubit in length, so it's about 18 inches long. And he bound it on his right thigh under his clothes. And he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now Eglon was a very fat man. Yeah, he was. And when Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who had carried the tribute. But he himself turned back at the idols near Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. <laughs> and he commanded silence, and all his attendants went out of his, of his presence. 
And Ehud came to him as he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And he rose up from his seat, and Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not pull the sword out of his belly. And the dung came out. (laughs) Then Ehud went out into the porch and closed the doors of the roof chamber behind him and locked them. And when he had gone, the servants came. And when they saw the doors of the roof chamber were locked, they thought, hmm, surely he is relieving himself in the closet of the cool chamber. And they waited till they were embarrassed. But when he still did not (laughs) open the doors of the roof chamber, they took the key and opened them. And there lay their Lord dead on the floor. Ehud escaped while they delayed, and he passed beyond the idols and escaped to Syria. And when he arrived, he sounded the trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim. And then the Lord and then the people of Israel went down with him from the hill country, and he was their leader. And he said to them, follow after me, for the Lord has given your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. So they went down after him, seized the fords of the Jordan against the Moabites, and did not allow anyone to pass over. And they killed at that time about 10,000 of the Moabites. Wow. All strong, able-bodied men. Not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest for 80 years. Awesome. So seems like the, the more brilliant... The the overthrow, the longer the longer the, the peace. <laughs> so we had forty previously. Now, now we're we're having eighty. Right. But uh, but they had been enduring uh, this evil fat guy eighteen years for like eighteen years. Right. Um, it's pretty interesting. Number one, uh, Ehud was a left-handed man. What that implies, right? Mm-hmm. Left-handed men. I you know I've heard this back then. I'm not sure exactly the the truth of it. But I've heard that that was kind of like a look down upon thing. Correct. Yes. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a, a good thing to be left-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even in the culture, refers to the right hand a lot, and they do that in reference to power. Right. So, like Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God, means yeah. he's in the place of power. Or I offer you the right hand of fellowship, as in um, what happened in Galatians, whenever yeah. or he was referring, Paul was referring to him and the other apostles. They offered me the right hand of fellowship. They gave right. me some power in this. So, but you know, this is a picture of God using the the weaker things mm-hmm. to overthrow the stronger things, which is definitely a Christ type because right. Christ uh, comes and humbles Himself. Right? Mm-hmm. He could have been strong and powerful. He wanted, but Christ and Christ chooses the weak things, like the disciples, correct? Um, who are who are not important men or learned men, as uh, as Zach says, but. Um, uh, you know that's that's an interesting yeah. Christ type there, and, and and you know you look at how Philippians uh, talks about that in Philippians two, um, where he says, "Have this mind among you, which is you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who yes. though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant." Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Amen. Amen. So, yes, definitely, I think, a tie in there with the left-handed 
reference right because uh, he sits on the right hand of God as we said yeah but he did this from a left-handed perspective sure from the Jews well it came out of left field didn't it <laughs> <laughs> so southpaw yeah there you go anyways uh I love telling youth this story and then telling them that it's actually in the Bible <laughs> because their eyes just light up. And they're like, that's really in there? And I'm like, yes. yeah, dude, read Judges if you want like the gruesomest, like goriest stuff ever. Because- yeah, wait till we get to the end of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, this is just one great example. And, you know, the whole relieving yourself in uh-huh. the chamber, uh, we know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the the King James actually tried to disguise disguise it, I think, a little bit. I think this is the dirt. Yeah, the dirt came out of it. But uh, the refuse. Yeah. (laughs) And I think some versions don't even really mention it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But um, let's look at Eglon for a minute. Sure. Um, Eglon is portrayed here in a disgusting way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't just talk about him being a large guy or whatever. It says he's very fat, so much so much so that um, this this 18-inch sword, right, hilt and all, was able to get lost in his belly. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm thinking from Ehud's perspective, um, it took a lot of strength. And, oh, yeah. and he was making sure that that sword hit home, yeah. and therefore that's why it got lost in the that's wound. Um, but if we think of, of Eglon himself, he's he's kind of seen as uh, you're just vi- envisioning a Job of the Hut type of <laughs> character, correct? You know, uh, yeah, Star Wars reference, kind of slobbery, yeah, and just kind of gross. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jabba Lobala. <laughs> but yeah, and, and and so if we think about what Jesus accomplished at the cross and what he was able to overcome, uh, sin can often have a fun side, but in the end, sin is very disgusting. Sin, I mean, it's disgusting in the eyes of God, and right. it's and it, it's it uh, it can become large. And um, and overbearing, yeah. Um, it, it can consume our lives much the same way these rolls of fat consumed that sword. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of see Eglon as a type of of sin itself. Oh wow! And That's so this cool. is a this is is the deliverance from Eglon is is I believe a good reference to the um, deliverance from. Sin itself, um, Israel is seen under the control of Moab. Yeah. Moab was a neighbor, and uh, obviously he had to get some help from the Malachites, other enemies of of um, of Israel, and the Ammonites. So that goes all the way back to Lot, right, and uh, his daughters, and all the weird stuff that happened there. <laughs> yeah. So these guys have been at odds with Israel for a long time, and. Uh, Moab got them, and they had subdued Israel. Much the same way at the time of Jesus, Rome was lording uh, over them. Yeah. And much the same way that um, w- that uh, Satan can rule over our lives right. um, when we are living in under sin. Um, 
Yeah, and that to me that brings up a really good point about judges as a whole when you take and look at it, at the whole thing as a as a picture of Christ. And number one, the offset. God says, I'm going to keep my covenant with you mm-hmm. no matter what. Right. Praise the Lord that's not Amen. dependent on us. <laughs> Amen. Right? And that's that's what this picture is over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Israelites fall over, screw up, mess up, then cry out, and God saves them. Right. Over and over and over again. It's almost like God saying, listen, no matter what happens, no matter how many times you chase after these bales, no matter how many times you uh, get lorded over by the fat sin, mm-hmm. the fat man, right, or <laughs> Satan, no matter how many times when you call out to me, I'm there. I'm thinking another T-shirt is in the works here. <laughs> <laughs> Death to the fat man. Death to the fat man. Amen to that. <laughs> That's great. Well, the um, th- there is so much going on. Ehud's name. Okay, let's look at Ehud's name. Sure. Ehud's name means... I will give thanks, I will be praised. Hmm. Wow. Now that's interesting. There's a duality in this. Right. I will give thanks. That's usually what you would see from a lower person looking up to somebody, giving thanks. But then he says, I will be praised. Yes. So that's the opposite. I'm on top and I'm being praised. I'm looking down on everybody else. So Jesus... Is humbles himself, right? Therefore, God hath highly exalted him and right. given a name which is above every name, right? So, as we were saying about the left hand, right hand thing, it's yeah. it's kind of the same thing, and it also uh, uh, runs into the this um, um, this concept of how he humbled himself, like we were saying about being, yeah, you know, a servant. Um, so. It could also be seen as fully God, fully man. Hmm. So once again, what do we do as men? We give thanks. That is what we, uh, what our job is. That's our lot in life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Whereas He will be praised. Yeah. And so He is fully God, and He was fully man. Amen. Um, That's good. He was a Benjamite. Okay. So he was in the tribe of Benjamin. Tribe Benjamin. Um. um a Benjamin's name means son of the right hand, which means <laughs> he's a left-handed man, yeah. but he's the son of a right-handed man. Yeah. So the, his name means, his, his lineage means he's the son of the, son right. Of the right So in one place, he's, he's in a place of power, right? but from a human standpoint, he's in a place of weakness. Man, over and over again. So yeah, we start seeing this. That's great. Um, he is the son of Gera, Gera. That's his, his uh, father's name. Um, this is interesting. Jira has three different meanings. Okay. Cud, like a chow. Like chewing your cud? Cooch, yeah. Um, grain and sojourner. Sojourner. Okay, so Jesus is constantly referred to in three persons or three things. Huh. Prophet, priest, and king. Um, he, he's, he's, there's this all this these types of... Around threes around him, right, right. The the gifts that he received as a child, you know, gold, frankincense, myrrh. There's all these these threes, sure, that are symbolizing his uh, godhood as well as as everything else. So it's interesting that there are three things involved here in this man's his his family name, uh, his father's name. Huh. So Cud, 
Cud was seen in the Jewish, um, I guess, uh, it was a symbol to the Jews for meditation. Because what does a... Oh, uh, he chews on his cud. Yeah, what does that cow do when he's got that cut in his mouth? He's right. just working it over, you know? <laughs> and so the Jews would, would treat the word of God like this. Yeah. You know, it was like, we, we won't digest it until we have right. w- molded over. We're going to work it over. Right. We're going to sit here all day long, if that's what it takes, and we're going to meditate on it. Right. Okay, so uh, if we look at Jesus, he's what what is in his, that's part of his character, is it yeah. not? I mean, he is A, the Word of God, as defined by John. He made in the flesh. And in addition to that, he spends a lot of time in the mountains, meditating, off by himself, all this sort of thing. Huh. Uh, aside from that... It says that uh, th- this word jera means uh, grain. And so uh, if we look at John 12 and 24, actually let's start with 23. And Jesus said unto them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So Jesus creates a type for himself based on a a piece of grain. And so a grain only produces fruit when it's died. So we were talking about earlier about this testimony, testator. Until until he dies, the testimony doesn't take effect. And the testament doesn't take effect. And so we can see here that... This is another sign of right. Christ. And the third thing is Jera said he was, uh, or Jera's name means sojourner. What did uh, Jesus say in Matthew 8 and 20? You know, foxes have holes, <laughs> and but the Son of Man does Has not no have a place to lay his head. Yep. He was a sojourner right. on this earth. He, he never truly fit in. Oh, he's a wanderer. Yeah, he's a wanderer. <laughs> I get it around and around and around. <laughs> That's great, man. So, um, okay, let's talk about the sword for a second. 18-inch, yeah. so double-bladed. Th- so there's obvious some, some correlation going on there sure. w- with the sword. Um, Hebrews 4, verse 12, very popular verse. The Word of God is likened oh, to, yeah, to his sword That's right. that uh, cuts asunder into the very soul of yeah. man. Uh, so we see here that... Um, that this sword was used, the word of God was used uh, to, to cut asunder. To, right. <laughs> <laughs> to pierce the through the of marrow and everything. It was just like, <laughs> to yeah. get to the very heart of things. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so you see that happening there. Also, what did Jesus do? How did he defeat Satan even before the cross? Oh, using using scripture? Yeah. The sword. Matthew 4. Right. That's what he did. Spirit, he used... He used uh, uh, you know, Satan would say, "Is it not written?" At blah blah blah, and and Jesus would say, "Well, it's written." Right. <laughs> he would always defend his stance right. with the Word of God, and um, <clears throat> so we see that the Word of God was Jesus's weapon right. against uh, sin as well. Um, interesting here also, the sword was bound onto Ehud's thigh. Okay. All right. The so this. If the if it's the word bound onto his thigh, 
There is a, a part of Jesus that we read about in the Revelation. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got tattoos. <laughs> right! <laughs> so, as Christians, being like Christ, we are to be tattooed. That's right. Amen, brother. <laughs> um, so, if we look in verse 13 of, of Revelation 19, he says, He is clothed in a robe, dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. Okay, so we have this here. He's he's being referred to as the Word. It's a, a Johannine, John right. writing this. This is a common thing John likes to do. Verse 14, it says, And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a what? Sword. Sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So here we see several parts of this Ehud Eglon story uh, fitting into this type of Jesus' second coming. Right. So not only is defeat of Satan at the cross and defeat of sin, but the final defeat of all those who would stand against Christ in his, his second coming here, whenever uh, the, sh- the sword is involved again, uh, he is the word of God, and he is his, his title is written, the on word, right there on his thigh. Amen. That's good. So very interesting that uh, we have that. I wouldn't have pulled that out, man. That's pretty awesome. Oh, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, it's interesting also that he went as a dignitary oh yeah to meet with Eglon right right so he shows up as sort of an ambassador of sorts he's got this 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 gift to give um, and he has a word from the God the Lord, <laughs> yeah right? yeah he, he says I, I've got a message for you mm-hmm. um, right but one of the things that's interesting is he comes with an entourage okay he sends them away Oh, and then right. he goes in. Now, wouldn't it have been easier here, while you've got this whole entourage of people, to just take to, over? To the... just, just make the coup right there. Right. You just take the guy down right there in front of everybody. Huh. But Ehud chose to go it alone. Much the same way that Jesus Christ could not have used any help in that final day. Remember when when huh. when Peter. Uh, whipped out the sword of his own, right, and was going to go to town on uh, what Malchus or whatever his name was, and yeah. chopped off his ear. and And Jesus says, "Look, I don't need your help. Right, I could call ten thousand angels, angels to right. be here. I don't need this." And um, and then everyone was, everyone forsook him. Yeah. Everyone left, and he was left with this battle to al- do on his alone. Own. Um, Psalms eighty eight. Uh, if you ever read that, it's a messianic psalm about um, Jesus' final hours and his contemplation of where he's at right now. And part of that talks mm-hmm. about verse 18. I, I have been left alone. Uh, I, all my friends are gone, and they've left me. And uh, wow. so once again, we see here that this is something that Ehud had to do alone. Right. And it's something that Christ you know, had, had to do alone. Huh. And then your favorite part. The dung came out. The dung came out of him. <laughs> what happened at the cross, man? <laughs> the dung came out. <laughs> All the the filth of sin is flushed out, right? 
it's yeah. it's all by the blood of the cleansed. Land. Yeah, we we've been the dung has been thrust out of us. It's been cleansed. Skybalon has been <laughs> that's right. <laughs> cleansed all that sorry Skybalon. Um, <laughs> so once again, we see that um, that it's another symbol of sin being. Uh, removed. removed or vanquished yeah. and, and and that sort of thing. Um, let's see. I've got a couple more here. Let's go to uh, Galatians 5. Okay. Um, notice that when Ehud walked out of the room, what did he do? Left sin laying on the floor. Left Eglon laying there in a pile of his own dung and blood. Well, he he walked. He didn't he climb out and he locked. Oh, the door. He locked the door. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he climbed out through the window, right? Right. Yeah. So this is kind of like if we think about it, Jesus completed the work on the cross. Yeah. He said it is finished. It's not not nothing else to do. This is it. And and he locked sin behind that door. Whenever he huh. was resurrected. That's great. Yeah. And so if we look at how. Paul refers to this in Galatians 5, in the first few verses there. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Mm. It's locked behind the door. It, he, he locked the door for you. Amen. Uh, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will have no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law, you're going to open Eglon's door back up and serve that pile of flesh and blood and dungs laying on the floor? You're going to have to serve it all. <laughs> That's right. He says, for you are severed from Christ, mm. you who would be justified by the law. You've fallen away from grace. For though, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await the hope of righteousness. Yeah. So the, 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 the cool thing here for me is that he's... He is. It's bound. It's locked away. And it's it, done. It is finished. Right, and he doesn't want us being bound to it anymore. That's right. Uh, there's a there is a wall between that nastiness yeah. and the people, and uh, there's a door that's locked. Right, and we need to make sure and observe that <laughs> that instead of constantly trying to get back to Amen. That ugly sin uh, laying there on the floor. That's good. Um, finally, uh, the last thing that I had is in reference to what happens after he leaves. What does he do? He goes and gets his army, and they go and they conquer all the rest of the Moabites. Right. Sounds real familiar, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Sounds like the book of Revelation to oh, me. Oh, yeah, man. He's coming back. <laughs> He's going to conquer it all and set up shop. And uh, did you notice how many Moabites were uh, were killed? It was like 10,000 or something. Uh, well, let me go back to it. I was, at, I was in Galatians, so... I don't remember. Yeah, it was something like 10,000. See, judges. No, judges. And 10,000 is just a, a reference to uh, a, a very large number. Right. It, 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 one of the things to remember about uh, Hebrew... Old Testament writing. Right, is that a lot of these numbers are symbolic in their in, in, in how they are... Um, in how they're, they're rendered. Right. Like um, 40... Is usually a round number meaning judgment. It's not necessarily like I think the the wandering in the in the wilderness was exactly thirty eight years. If you right. look at it, you know very precisely. But it's constantly referred to as forty. A thousand is often referred to as 
an almost uncountable number because we're dealing with a bunch of, right. of very low educated farmers and stuff out there. Right. So a thousand rather comes up. Right. <laughs> 10,000 Moabites, so, all vigorous and strong, no one escaped. Right, so the idea here is that it was an innumerable, almost, right. amount of, of people. And he conquered them all. And yes, and, and so they wanted to make it uh, as big and broad as, as, as possible. Right. And so, you know, I was thinking about the, um, the prophets, the prophecy of, what's his name, Enoch. Uh, which is referred to in uh, the book of Jude. It talks about Jesus bringing his ten thousands of ten thousands in order to deal with this. Hmm. So it just it, just another reference to um, the const the innumerable um, power that God has over sin, wow. and then how He's going to continue uh, to conquer these things. Amen. So. Any other thoughts on uh, man? I think that that covers it pretty thoroughly. And wow! Pretty amazing how how much you can just pull out of of a uh, you know what is it twenty twenty uh, mm-hmm. verse story about a, a king and <laughs> man, it's a it's crazy awesome. story. That, yeah, that you know this is the, the you won't find this in the children's storybook. No, you won't. <laughs> the Bible storybook. Yeah, it's not there. It's just like you know when you go into the nursery and you see Noah's Ark painted. But you don't see all the people outside the door wailing and crying. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, that's good. So, you want to do a little news? Hey, let's do it. And now, the news. All right, this one comes from Relevant Magazine. A study shows that religion doesn't make kids more moral. Ah. This is interesting. Children who grow up in non-religious homes are more generous and altruistic than children from observant families, according to a new study. Researchers examined uh, 1,770 kids from a variety of religious backgrounds and looked at how religious children would share stickers given to them and how harsh of a punishment they prescribed to other kids who push or shove them. When the researchers examined the three biggest groups of kids, they found that the generosity scores for Christians and Muslims were essentially the same and that the scores for non-religious children were 23 to 28% higher. Muslim kids judged the offenders most most harshly, followed by Christian kids and then secular kids. Of course, researchers are quick to point out that these results appear to contradict the idea that religion leads to moral action, but still... These are kids. Correct. Okay. Well, and part of the, part of that, I think, is the word religion right. is in there. Yeah. Uh, what are we dealing with here? Yeah. Um, on the whole, are religions altruistic? Right. I mean, even our own? Yeah. I mean, Jesus calls us to be. Yeah. But are we really? Right. Is, I mean, how many altruistic Christians are really you out know, there? That's so true. And then on the other side, I look at it and I go, okay, so there's something wrong with our Christian culture mm-hmm. here. And I can see that, this whole judgment mindset. Mm, right, right. This whole idea of uh, whenever we're put on the same kill as Muslims, we have to take a step back and look. What's the what's the number one difference? Love. Mm-hmm. That's the number one difference. Christians are called to love one another no matter what. Period. Right, right. right. That's it. And so if we're not raising our kids to love, you know, this might be a little bit of... Um, a little bit of evidence to show that we need to be we need to be of the mindset of Christ. We need to we need to start working towards that whole love aspect. Right. right. And uh, you know, not to say again, these are kids. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're raising them. If you 
push somebody as a five-year-old, I'm not going to give you a sticker. You know right, what I mean? Right. <laughs> well, and even, yeah, even all kids, I mean, it's kind of a skewed thing yeah, regardless of their upbringing. But right. it is interesting that the, the ones who weren't schooled in a religion seem to be somewhat altruistic. Right. And uh, that is interesting. It's something to look at. Anyways. All right. Well, uh, it depends on how intolerant they're being, you know, if they're being raised intolerant um, to others, whereas those that are not raised in a religion aren't getting that intolerance speech. Right. That could be, that could relate to it. And then something else to look at, too. Uh, If you're raised without an idea of morals, Mm -hmm. something that's wrong. Is pushing or shoving wrong? You know what I mean? It depends. Right? Whereas, it's all relative, right? Yeah, it's all relative. Whereas if you're raised uh, to, to believe that these things are wrong or other things are right, that that right is rewarded and wrong is punished, mm-hmm. then uh, I think it, you'd be more naturally inclined to give the good kids stickers mm. and the bad, not the bad kids stickers. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, to be honest with you, right. when you actually look at it. Because... I, that to me sounds like rewarding for positive behavior. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Anyways, all right. Uh, this also from uh, relevant. ISIS released thirty-seven Assyrian uh, Christians. They released thirty-seven Assyrian Christians. This is pretty interesting. Wow. This week, ISIS freed thirty-seven elderly Assyrian Christians, um, who the group captured captured back in February. The Islamic terrorists took two hundred and fifteen civilians from nearly three dozen Assyrian villages and towns. Though with the most recent mass release, 88 of those are now free. The Assyrian Human Rights Network said it will continue to negotiate for the rest to be released. So that's just another reminder. We we need to be praying for Christian brothers and sisters over in Assyria and in mm-hmm. all the all the areas all affected over the world. by yeah. ISIS. Man, that's a it's crazy. Uh, some of the stories that are coming out of of the torture and, mm-hmm. and the killing and. You know, we're just we're blessed here, and then we're cursed here because we don't realize it. So it's crazy, but praise the Lord, thirty-seven of them were released. That's mm. great. Um, <clears throat> this is from Christianity Today. Uh, goodbye, bathroom bill. Houston voters reject the new LGBT uh, protections. <laughs> we brought this up, I believe, last year about uh, the <laughs> governor Houston, right? Of Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> We got men in the bathroom. <laughs> well, I want to be a woman, so can't I use the women's room? Anyway, so uh, this uh, whole Houston thing, where um, they were they were going to at the taxpayers' expense provide for gender neutral bathrooms for all parks and recreational. Anyways. Um, that got voted down. Uh, last week was voting day. Did you go vote last week? You know, I did not. Oh, you should have. I know. A, I meant to. Yeah. Uh, I got tied under a bunch of work, and then I looked up, and it was, you know, already the Over. polls had already closed. I got to take Dylan. It was his first day voting. Great. Ever. It was really neat. But anyways, okay. By a three to two margin, Houston voters rejected the anti-discrimination law yesterday that would extend uh, protections for LGBT Residents, among other groups. The Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, or HERO, was branded the bathroom bill uh, by opponents who feared accommodation of transgender individuals would give men, including sexual predators, the right to use women's restrooms in public. 
after Mayor Anise Parker failed attempt uh, to subpoena sermons by pastors, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Who uh, attempted to petition drives to dismiss Hero, the Tex- Texas Supreme Court ordered that the ordinance be repealed or put to a popular vote. Conservative Christian congregations in America's fourth largest city rallied and prayed against Hero as a violation of their beliefs on gender identity. Um, Biology and the Bible show us that there's a difference between men and women, said Greg Matt, pastor of Houston's First Baptist Church. In order to keep men out of women's locker rooms, I want to encourage you to vote no to Prop 1 Hero. Um, We need a hero (laughs) to let me use the girls' bathroom. Hero. Anyways, so uh, that yeah, that got voted down, um, and there there's a lot of discussion about whether it should have been or not. Um, one more, Trump weighs in on the Christmas cups. Oh yeah, the whole Christmas <laughs> Starbucks thing. Yeah, if you haven't oh. uh, if you haven't been on um, social, social media. media this week, good job. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, if you haven't been on social media this week, there was a video originally posted by a guy who who does a lot of these videos and uh this one was he was standing outside of starbucks and starbucks has their new line of christmas cups and it doesn't say the Mary, red cup yeah the red cup and it doesn't say merry christmas on it so he says that you know how dare they this is insane it's insane that 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 a secular company that has no ties to religion whatsoever would dare not put Merry Christmas on their Christmas cards. It's just another step in the war against Christmas. Yeah, it's a war against Christmas. So all these uh, uh, evangelical Christians um, stood up uh, and decided they wanted to boycott. Now Trump weighs in. Um and this is from Relevant Magazine. It says, The weird social media outrage over Starbucks... I love how they call it weird. The weird social media outrage over Starbucks' new seasonal couch, which feature a minimalist design, does not contain the words Merry Christmas, got a major boost yesterday from none other than President Hopeful Donald Trump. Addressing supporters, he said, Did you read about Starbucks? This is my Donald Trump. <laughs> no more Merry Christmas on Starbucks. Maybe we should boycott Starbucks. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> then he noted that he doesn't care if he loses a lease held by a successful Starbucks store in Trump Tower over the statement. Trump then made the campaign promise, if I become president, we're all going to be saying Merry Christmas again. <laughs> and I law. can tell you. Yeah. It should I'm going to pass a bill. <laughs> it should be noted that Starbucks does not have rules against saying Merry Christmas. In fact, the store still sells coffee called Christmas Blend and even sells advent calendars. Wow. (laughs) But they removed Christmas from their cups. This is just... The sky is falling. The sky is falling. This is a bunch of Christians who have lost sight of reality. I mean, seriously, there is a world full of dying people out there. (laughs) There's a world full of people that are lost in their sins tonight. And you're concerned over your coffee cup not saying merry christmas i don't get it i mean i really don't i mean i understand that you know the whole it's it's frustrating that that political correctness is driving people away from this type of thing i get that i understand it but you know in the very run on things yeah this cup here you know i noticed came from my coffee shop david i noticed from your coffee shop i have a 16 ounce americano (laughs) that i ordered (laughs) And uh, I noticed that it just has coffee beans and a coffee cup, 
and there's Dixie. no mention of Jesus it says Dixie at all. On it. Dixie. What is Dixie? There's an, is there's Dixie a, an anti-religious statement? There's a cross statement? in the what middle of the word Dixie. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so we're good. All right, we're good. I'm not going to boycott you today. <laughs> so, oh, man, but please, if, if you've got a problem with Starbucks, please visit a third world country. <laughs> Yes, I need you as quick as possible to please, and then shut the heck up. Like, just shut up. Yeah, I mean, this is. I'm sorry, but that's retarded. It really is ridiculous. I see these guys, and and I think to myself, get off my side, because (laughs) because this all you're doing is making Christians look petty. Yeah. Instead of making them look like they're standing for actual truth and actual. Uh, justice right. for for individuals. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm off my soapbox now. Sad. All right. So I have one uh, this day in history, and that's that's it. Oh, yes. I've got a new sound effect for that. <laughs> you know, the geeks in our audience yeah, are just... They're loving it. They're yeah. geeking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Livingston, I presume... <laughs> Was muttered this day on this day in 18. What was it? 18. Uh, hold on. I'll find it. November 10th, 1871. Mm. Um, Dr. Livingston, uh, if you don't know, was a Scottish missionary explorer, David Livingston. In 1866, he had disappeared in the East African interior searching. Uh, for the source of the Nile River, Livingston's reports of his earlier explorations in Africa had fascinated multitudes of readers at home. Um, once asked why he decided to be a missionary, Livingston replied, I was compelled by the love of Christ. So he got lost in Africa, <laughs> was about to die, and there was an expedition sent to find him. After months of misery, learning that Livingston was close, Stanley and his porters donned their best clothes at last on this day, November 10th. 1871, they saw the old white man by the shores of Lake I'm not even going to try to mention that, Lake T word uh, knowing they could be knowing that it, yeah, yeah, knowing they could be only one person Stanley greeted him with this now world famous comment Dr. Livingston, I presume um, so anyways, they saved his life that's amazing, yeah, that's great so that's what happened on this day in church history cool Woohoo! Okay, so you know um, our good patron saint uh, Philip. Yes, patron heard. saint Philip. Yes, saint Philip. Saint Philip. Uh, he left us some feedback on on email actually. Now, and I wanted to 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 bring this up. I haven't tested it, but he was having a hard time with our email. Really? Uh, now our email address is theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Right. Okay, now he said that that was bouncing. Um, So make sure I've got that right. Yeah, just theonauts at gctnetwork.com. If any any of the rest of you are having problems with that, uh, please uh, get a hold of us through the many other ways, either Facebook or Twitter or call us even, whatever. Let us know if you're having problems. I I had Philip just send this to my own personal email account and uh so he could actually give us some feedback so that's that's good listener support yeah i want to leave feedback so bad that i'm gonna yes i'm gonna gonna make sure i get a good email address from you i'm gonna find out where they live and uh i know (laughs) philip's a geek too he probably really liked the tardis 
I imagine he did. <laughs> Sound that, You're like, welcome, St. Philip. Yeah, okay, so listen to this. He says, he's talking about the last show. He says, great show topic, guys, and a good job hashing it out. I met my wife when she was working at the after-school care program at my church. I was a single dad, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. She and my son had become fast friends. He was six, and he asked her to babysit him sometime. I had lost my mother, and a family member had told me that they would help me with my son, then backed out on me just as school was ending and the summer approaching. My wife started started looking after my son while I was at work. We started dating sometime after that and got married. I was desperate, lonely, and in great need. Then God blessed me with so much in one package with my wife, who I've been married to for 12 years now. Needless to say, I am no believer in luck, good, bad, dumb, or otherwise. (laughs) An audio book which gave me an interesting look into... Uh, Providence is is they called him Stonewall by Burke Davis. Stonewall Jackson was a devout Christian who took his faith very seriously and had a high regard for God's providence. So good feedback on, great on the last feedback. show. I'm glad that uh, we're we're on the same page with that. Yeah. Um, he continues though, uh, changing topics just a little. He says <clears throat> about Islam. I don't know much about the Quran and the origins of the religion. As Christians, we naturally believe ours is the only true religion. So how much do you think the origin of a faith matters when compared to how it is practiced today? Personally, I think whether Muslims who are peaceful or adhering to the fundamental precepts of the religion is not as important as them getting along with their neighbors. And their peacefulness makes them more open to the gospel since they are not actively trying to kill us like ISIS. I draw a parallel between Islam and the LGBT community like this. They both have gotten the message loud and clear that Christians disagree with them and find their lifestyles sinful, generally speaking. I'm of the opinion that we should endeavor to lead with grace in how we relate to both groups, in the spirit of loving our neighbors or even loving our enemies. Sounds risky, I know, But I think we are called to practice dangerous grace as we attempt to spread the gospel. I love the way he put that. That's awesome. And we certainly don't have to abandon principles or truth in so doing. As Jesus provided this example for us in Scripture, what do you guys think? Am I making any sense? I'd love to hear your response. Thanks be to God that Jojo was found. By the way, we uh, mentioned that last week. Yeah, Jojo was the the boy in Haiti who was kidnapped right. when Roberta was killed. Uh, he has been found. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord of that. And two people are in custody. That in is, in and of itself is miraculous. That's yeah, a miracle. Uh, in with their level of police force that they've got in that country, and with the how little evidence they had, and the fact that just human trafficking happens all the time right. in that country. It's miraculous. Very good. So he says, Thanks be to God that Jojo was found. I pray that he fully recovers from his ordeal, and I will be praying for the upcoming trip to Haiti. Thanks for the show, guys. Hashtag Gaddy wills it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that was a hashtag that originated on the Finding Crisis (laughs) page. That's a great hashtag. Because I wanted the shining. Sure. (laughs) 
Gaddy Hashtag wills Gaddy wills it. That's okay. great. That's great. So, <laughs> okay, so what, so let's talk about Islam for a minute. All right. So and I'm pretty sure this is coming out of uh, our banter last right. last go around right. because we talked about what was the statistic. Um, oh, I can't remember. Was that what? <laughs> oh, that, um, that was a year ago to me. That it was a, 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 a peaceful. It was a peaceful religion. Religion. Oh, it was a poll. That that was about you know. Uh, the, oh, was that's right. That the yeah, evangelicals yeah, yeah. were seeing Islam as a Islam. as a peaceful religion, right. and we kind of slammed on it. Yeah. You know? And uh, uh, well, I, here my first my first thing is is I maintain that the religion is not peaceful at its core. Okay. And and I also maintain that any person who is a Muslim or any person who um, upholds the Quran. Uh, if they really, really, really would search it and look at it for what it says, mm-hmm. and also who Muhammad was, because I, I think that um, I really do believe the origins of religions are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could look at the Mormons. We could look at well, Indiana. look at the origins of Christianity. Does yeah, it matter exactly? And yeah. I, and I think it matters greatly mm-hmm. um, because there's truth and there's not truth. Right. Um, so we can't. We can't draw the line on that mm-hmm. now what he's saying about love i think those and are grace two, and grace those are two different things yeah um i am not i'm not going to ever support a muslim's religion period mm-hmm. um and that person is going to know that from the offset and he, he he made that distinction but that doesn't mean i can't love that person correct um and that doesn't mean that i can't <clears throat> support that person and that doesn't mean that i can't take care of my neighbor and Right. And make sure that his needs are met because I'm called to do that, and that's the difference between the gospel of grace. Right. Well, in in to go back to our discussion, our previous discussion, it wasn't necessarily about the people. No. As much as it was about the religion. Religion. Okay. Itself. So the the poll was really asking, is it a peaceful religion? Yeah. And it's not. It's not a peaceful religion. No. The holy book that they govern off of is important. I mean, because that is the basis of it's like our Bible. So, right. so it, whatever it teaches is what we're is what we're was what we're trying to judge here, right. not the people that are involved. So, right. I, you know, we may have misstated some things in our bantering. Yeah, I'm sure I did because I'm an idiot like that. <laughs> <Me> but <too. laughs> but uh, but but Philip makes a great point here in that when we deal with people, we should accept them from a loving standpoint and yes. a graceful standpoint, and. Um, this is I I I in wholehearted agreement with him here, because um, I mean I've got friends who are Muslim, friends who are uh, Hindi. I mean in different right. different uh, religions, and um, we've had very cordial conversations about this stuff. Yeah. And you know, at no point do I mean to to attack them, you know, from that standpoint, um, but. It's also true, like he says about the LGBT community. Um, although I believe that those practices are wrong, there's a lot of other practices I believe that are wrong right. that we indulge in all the time. Right. And I think that we have uh, been overly sensitive about those sins when that. we let these other sins drift by like it just doesn't mean anything. Right. And, uh, you know, pride, self-righteousness, covetousness, gluttony. I mean, all these things that saturate the American church. And 
we're not fighting it. I mean, we always say that. Right. We always say, well, yeah, but they're not fighting their sin. They're not, well, how much are you pushing away from the table? You know, how exactly. <laughs> how much are you, are you, you know, so uh, attuned to that football game that you cannot miss every single week? Now, wait a second. You're <laughs> stepping on my toes here a little bit, buddy. Let's back on up there. You know, where every outfit you wear is red and white. And <laughs> <laughs> really? It's crimson and cream. Let's okay, get that what? right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I jest, yes, Jeremiah. Yes, yes, I know. I know. So um, love you, Tear. <laughs> yeah, you could very easily say, and you put all this Star Wars stuff <laughs> all over your. That's right, Java. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but great point, Philip. Um, I know. I believe I can speak for Jeremiah when we say we we agree with you. Oh yeah, uh, very much so. Uh, th- there might have been a little over. Uh, zealous. <laughs> Just remember, in our banter, most of the time we're idiots. Like I said, retarded earlier today, <laughs> and then I thought, man, how un PC is that? Yeah, that's totally stupid. I can't believe I did that. But anyway, we made fun of people with speech impediments and had to cut that out. <laughs> that's right. So, so you know, you there's know, no telling what what ends up on the cutting room floor. Right. You exactly. That's right. So. All right. Well, Oof. let's see. Do you you want to do some trivia? We don't. I don't think we have time, do we? Uh, we've been on about an hour and fifteen. <laughs> let's save it for next time. All right, we'll save it for next time. <laughs> All right, get your closing script. Out of I don't want to lose, anyways. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't even know where we're at. <laughs> the Theonauts are part. Oh, sorry, that's no, go ahead. Line. We'll switch no, out this time. Okay, the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network. Using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more or to partner with us, go uh, go visit us at gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter and stay up to date with the latest from all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema. Also, go and make a prayer request at theonot, uh, a prayer dot Yes, prayer dot. Theonautspodcast.com. Right. And there are several ways to contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. And if that doesn't work, contact us some other way because we want to hear from you. Right. You could call us on our voice line at 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments there. We haven't got a comment in a long time. Hashtag Gaddy Wheels. Gaddy Wheels. <laughs> and rate us. Give us some stars. Tweet to us on Twitter at using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, and don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. Thank you, Jeremiah, for being here. Oh, God bless you, Jer- uh, David. What's your name? <laughs> Bye. Bye. Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission Transmission. This is your Great Commission Transmission.